Hi, creepies. Hi, low. Hey, girl. Hey, you sound like you had a fun night last night. Oh, yeah, guys, I apologize. My voice is not going to not that my voice ever sounds cute. Like it's I, I always say that my voice is like the female Seth Rogen with all my like laugh talking that I do. Oh but gosh. it's just like extra not cute today because it's like it, my voice is starting to peace out. It's leaving the building. So maybe you're going to get that bluesy voice. Better hurry up and make a record. I know. I'm going to have the scratchy, like, well, I was, I was going to say sexy, but I can't talk sexy. So that's not possible. <laughs> I'm just going to have the smoke. I'm just going to have the smoker voice. <laughs> you can go for like a Macy Gray. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Everybody loves Just have a new vibe. <laughs> um, today we are sponsored by uh, Armchair Expert and Dax Shepard. Just kidding, we're not. But we wish. <laughs> we are drinking coffee this morning. Um, we went crazy and put some ice and creamer in it. We are wild women, okay? You can't control us. Uh, normally we do an evening show, but during two busy schedules and um crazy nights we toned it down and just went with some uh ice mocha loca bullshit so yep love it love it this is going to be a little bit of a longer story so hopefully you guys will bear with us i will try to get through it without a lot of extra bs um but i found this story and I was intrigued and I wanted to share it with y'all. I'm excited to hear it. You told me a little bit about it, um, but just I'm excited to hear you get into like the nitty gritty of how everything went down. It's going to be definitely a good one, guys, this week. Yeah, usually I can give Crystal a little bit of a heads up of what I'm doing. I can use send her like, the book to read or listen to or um, the movie to watch. A lot of times I'll be like, hey, there's a TV movie. Let's watch it before we record so you know what's going on. However, um, the book was a, it's a long book, so didn't really have time for me to finish it and then give it to her to finish. <laughs> um, and then I did try to find the TV miniseries and I found it on YouTube, but it was kind of like pixelated a little bit, like very blurry kind of. Um, but it did have a young Cynthia Nixon and it had a young, I think her name is Maura Kelly. Um, she was the Topic queen. I used to love her in Cutting Edge. Topic. I don't know. I never saw that. You never saw the Cutting Edge? No. <laughs> All right. And that wraps up the show for today. I will be back next week uh, solo and... <laughs> How do you, you can't even be shocked anymore. I feel like there's been so many times you've been like, you've never seen this. And I'm like, nah. Everybody <laughs> loves the cutting edge. Oh my gosh. I'll okay. have to, I'll have to, it has to be added to the list then. All right. Well, we're just going to get into the <clears throat> story now. <laughs> so this is called, if you've really loved me. And I just, I'm crediting it to the, that's the title of the book. Um, and it is written by the goat, the one, the only, okay, not the only, but my eyes, the one, the only, Anne Rule. Um, 
you've probably heard us talk about her books before. We've done her burning bed. We've done uh, small sacrifices. She's just, when she does her books, she's very detailed. And in this one, she really, she dug deep. Um, and she formed a relationship with Cinnamon. Um, so I think that kind of helps too. Like she really got to know her. Um, she did an interview with Oprah Winfrey and while Cinnamon was still in jail, um, Oprah gave the interview on her show and she was sitting with Anne Rule. So Anne Rule is a very big advocate for Cinnamon during this. So, yeah. Makes her makes her closer to it. Yeah. Um, and Cinnamon trusted her. Like she didn't trust very many people, but she, she felt a connection and trusted Anne Rule, so... R.I.P. Anne Rule, you're still my my go-to. Number one. Yes. Um. So yeah, go read the book. Um. It's called If You Really Loved Me, and the miniseries is Love, Lies, and Murder. Like I said, so far I've always seen it on YouTube. So when Cinnamon was fourteen, she was found in a doghouse. She was drugged up and she was covered in her own urine and vomit. And David, 15, married Patty, his 19-year-old sister-in-law, only later to put a hit out on her. And Linda, his wife, well, she was the one that was murdered. What in the Sam hell is happening? Well, buckle up because I'm going to spill all the deets for you, Okay. But we have to go back a little bit. So David was born in Arizona. He had seven siblings. His dad, Arthur, was a mechanic and his mama was a, she was a staple of the home. She ran the show. Um, dad was kind of like, yeah, son, what she said. You know, he was kind of meek and didn't really put up a fuss. Uh, she did not play. She was strict. David would refer to her as greedy, selfish, controlling, even violent at times. Uh, they were on the poor side, so not a lot of money was rolling in on them days. His mom is part Hispanic, which David hated. And that may be where his racism started, even though he was part Hispanic. But he hated his mom. He also needed her, though. He would disrespect her at every cost. But she would still cook and clean and do all the things. He would make her cry, but he needed him or she was needed by him. So she was there. And when I say cook and clean, she was going over to his place to do the cooking and cleaning and then going home. Mm. So, like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> like, I already hate this guy. <laughs> right. So let's talk about Brenda. She would become his wife number one, Cinnamon's mom. She was more sad. She had a poor household as well. She had 10 younger siblings, which is stressful as is. But she always came dressed in rags. Her mom was never home. She had to fend for her siblings. And David, when he met her, he was like, well, shit, I'm poor, but I even have more money than you. So let me be your hero. Let me take care of you. And she was like, word. Um, so it got intense. It was hardcore love. I mean, I guess. 
he became jealous. Uh, if they went to the mall and he had to go to the bathroom, she was to wait by the doors. Like she couldn't just say, hey, meet me down here at, well, this was the 80s. So probably like the Ralph Lauren store or, you know, right. Somebody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Harmony House. Um, no, she was to wait by the door because if any guy was to look at her, like he would just lose it. Like, which is weird because it's if she's not looking at them, who cares? But if he thought that any guy was interested in her, it would just set him off. I hate that. So one day he approaches Brenda and says, look, I know you want to run away from your family, but look at yourself. There's no way you can handle yourself alone. You can't take care of yourself. So I'm coming with you and I'm going to take care of you. And so they did. At 16, they skipped town. They started working at a local hotel. Brenda is stoked because she is grocery money rich. I mean, she, like, full of excitement would say, like, oh, my God, I can actually eat until I'm full. And it didn't last long. David got weird and convinced her that they were being watched and said that the hotel was haunted and they have to go because they are being watched. So... We have to go. Oh, dear God, with this guy. What the heck? Things so are finally they, panning out. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't fix crazy. Mm, well, sometimes you can. <laughs> well, yeah. So they quit and they moved back to his parents. Uh, he claims that he has cancer and he's dying. Now, he didn't get a doctor confirmation about this. He's self-diagnosed. But I'm like dying. And he's 16 and he's got to get his tonsils out. So while they're in the hospital, he coughs up blood. He's yelling at the nurse, save him, save him. He's dying. Don't you see? And the nurse is like, wait, what? And she's like, he has cancer. He's dying. Uh, No, he don't. He just popped a stitch in his throat. Wow. Two completely very different things. <laughs> so he convinces her that he can drop dead at any minute. Like life is too short. And um, David ends up having a lot of hypochondriac moments and a lot of just other weirdness. So as you can see, this is one of his probably hypochondriac things. Mm -hmm. So he convinces her that he's going to drop dead at any moment and says, marry me. Says, okay. And with their parental permission, they do and by the time they're 18 she is now birth to cinnamon david is in love with her he's obsessed from the minute she's born but brenda did all the work he was like a fun dad that would swoop in but she was the one that did the you know cooking the cleaning the bathing her the feeding her the actual duties um and he would come in and just be playful and you know he would tell her that he's a powerful man that he's you know he's a big deal you know just don't look behind the curtain guys okay right exactly (laughs) uh so he goes and he gets his ged and he's got big plans he wants to have money he wants to be rich he wants to be the all high and powerful, powerful and mighty. 
So Brenda wants to help though. She wants to do like the whole teamwork is dream work guys, but he did not want her to work. Whenever she would try to get a job, uh, he would ask why is it because a guy there? Is there a guy that you like? Is that why you want to work? Are you cheating on me? And she'd reply with what? No, how, when, like, I'm always here. Like, he wouldn't even let her get her driver's license, so she couldn't even drive. Very, very controlling and manipulative, he sounds. Uh, girl, this is just the beginning, sweetie, okay? Dang, we just have <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, so David became obsessed with women. One time he saw a jogger and he did a U-turn with Brenda and Cinnamon in the car just so he could watch her run. Ew. Yeah. So now she's starting to get a little spish because he's saying that he's going on these hunting weekends with the guys. And she's like, yeah, bet. Okay. (laughs) Um, She would say something, but she was too scared because, well, he's cray. And he would just get really aggressive. So she wouldn't say anything. But then one day she saw him all cuddled up in the cafeteria I'm guessing like of his job and he was all hugged up on another woman and she said something to him and he just went back as a no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's not like that, honey. It's just work stuff. It's just work stuff. It's not like that. And she forgave him, but now cinnamon is coming home and she's saying things like, mommy, mommy, I had a great time with daddy and this girl. And she was like, oh, you had one of your little friends over? No, mommy. Daddy's friend, you know, his friend Lori. Not <gasps> me. You? Not me. Bitch, the story's about you. <laughs> Just kidding. It's even spelled the same. They could have added an E at the end or something. <laughs> so now at some point, she hears a knock at the door. She opens the door and sees David. And she's like, dude, you have a key. Why are you out here? And when she looks a little more, like, clearly, she sees he's standing there and he's holding a hand of another woman. And he said, hi, you know, um, this is Lori. This is the woman I'm going to marry. And right then, he hands Brenda divorce papers. Savage. Dude, I know. I even typed that. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to steal your adjective, but that, yeah, definitely came to my, like, the first thing that came to my mind. No, it's just funny. You just said it literally right before I could say Literally just so savage. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. I'd be like, oh my God. So Brenda's pissed. She's like, okay, I see you. She packs everything in the house. I'm talking like down to like the pack of toothpicks, okay? She takes it all. The house is completely empty when David gets back. And she also takes cinnamon rightfully so and that makes him livid like he didn't really care about the house but he wanted his daughter um so he ends up showing up at the new pad and puts a gun to her head and says um if i can't have you nobody can which is stupid because you divorced me like why are you showing up here threatening me you showed up with another hand or another female literally in your hand and now you're yeah. pissed off because we're divorced that's so cliche and predictable come on david what the fuck <laughs> get your narcissism out of out of control i'll get him under control okay yeah for real 
so she's thinking like you know you're the one that broke up this marriage you're the one that's serving with divorce papers you're the one holding hand of other bitches like you're gonna come at me like this Brenda snapped and she just had it she's like you know what I don't even care do what you gotta do cowboy do it shoot me (laughs) shoot me and he turns around and he runs away and he goes in his car and he drives off but then he comes back a while later and now he's got a rifle and he puts it into her face and she just looks at him dead in the eyes and she's like do what you gotta do you're a fucking coward just do it like but instead of shooting her he just hits her with her car and drives off Brenda's relieved at this point. She's like, okay, now David is out of my life. He's gone. I can just, you know, move on. Except he's not 100% gone because they do have to share custody with Cinnamon. Mm-hmm. But other than Cinnamon going back and forth, co-parenting, he's just see ya. So Dave's now kind of kicking himself in the ass because... He could have had whatever he wanted with Brenda. Like, even sexually, she was just easygoing. He kind of trained her, so to speak, and he screwed it all up. He's the one that divorced her. Now she's, he's just become weird, and he starts dating a lot of girls. And when I say girls, I mean, like, teenagers, like, young girls, which is gross. Disgusting. So Dave's now 20 and he's dating these young girls and he feels powerful. He feels like he's on top of the world. Like all these girls are just batting their eyelashes and they're just so into his stories and just hanging on to every word that he says. He wears a suit. He makes good money. And he's just loving every piece of attention that he gets. He would tell these young girls, this is how women do it. Trust me, you'll see when you're older. And they would fall for it. He wanted to do things with poor girls. He wanted to feel like they needed him. He wanted to take care of them. And he just had this whole hero complex thing. It was weird. Now he's trying to cry to Brenda like, what the heck? They all leave me. Poor, poor me. And she just has no Fs to give. Okay. She's like, you did this to yourself. Karma, bitch. Like. He actually tried to commit suicide three times. So he was hospitalized for a few. It was a rough time for him for a little bit, but you know what? I don't feel bad for him. Later on, he started referring to himself as the Phoenix. You know, that mystical creature that rises from the ash and soars into the sky and it's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's not the right creature he should uh, create for himself (laughs) because he's none of those things. He even paid a thousand dollars to have a custom pendant made with a phoenix coming out of ashes that he would wear around his neck. It's like this color of topaz, and he wore it all the time. <laughs> he took it serious. <laughs> he took that title serious. Yeah, it's kind of like you know. Do you ever make fun of those kids that would like try to give themselves their own nickname, and they're like, yeah. no, "Nobody calls you that, bro." Right. It's like, like you can't you can't give yourself your own nickname. Yeah. That's kind of like... Yeah, same, similar vibes. Or I guess maybe these days he'd be like, I identify as a phoenix, I don't know. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Now, finally, he finishes business school, he doubles his salary, and he's making 
actually a lot of money. And he's smart when it comes to business. So he's doing pretty well. By the time he marries Lori, which was, he was 22. She was 19. His perfect little wife. She was adoring stepmother. She loved cinnamon. They were close, but it didn't last long because he already had his eye on somebody else. Of course. So now enter the neighbor, Ethel Bailey. She lived down the street. She's got 11 kids. Again, another poor family. They're eating rice, noodles, and Kool-Aid. That's like the staples in their house. And it's Thanksgiving, and David shows up on their doorstep with some turkey, and he says, you know, um, like, I'm here to save the day. I mean, come on, guys. Get this guy a cake because he's a freaking superhero. <laughs> he always comes to the rescue. He's irritating. <laughs> so he tells her that, you know, here's some turkey. You guys can, you know, it'll feed your kids. And the kids are excited. They're like, oh, my God, turkey for Thanksgiving. We were going to have noodles and Kool-Aid. Um, but she kind of, he has, like, ulterior motives, I think. Well, I mean, I know, but. So he says, can I use a couple of your kids to come down and clean my house? My wife is completely lazy and she's useless. Okay, she's not. <laughs> Just saying. He says, I will pay them. You see, I have colon cancer and I'm bleeding out of my butthole and I'm in pain and I need some help. Well, it's very personal to just just share with someone. And this is a lie, correct? He does not have cancer. He just loves to tell people that he has cancer. He's just, he, he doesn't have it, but he believes he has it. Okay, right? I it's see. Self-diagnosed. Gotcha, okay. So she was using any extra money that she had for booze and cigarettes. So she was like, what the hell? Why not? You know, so the kids would go down the street and he would buy them McDonald's. He would take them clothes shopping and they were just totally excited. They were like, oh, my God. Like, usually they had hand-me-downs or Salvation Army. So to get like straight from a department store, that was just like everything to them. He even took the whole family to Disneyland. Wow. Okay, so now enters Linda Bailey. This would be wife number three. And like, good God, okay? So not only is it wife number three so quick, but to make it even worse, when they met, she was 13 years old. He was 22. Now, remember that she had a schoolgirl crush on him, you know, like, why wouldn't she? He's buying her all these fancy nice things. His mom, her mom can't afford, but she was a blonde haired, blue eyed. Um, everybody said she was the sweetest girl, the kindest little girl, but she was very impressionable. And David took advantage of that. By this time, Linda is 15 and David has groomed her into what he wanted and decided he wanted to date her. And now he announces to the world, it's a miracle. My colon cancer, it's gone. And it's just, I'm healed. It goes away just like that, you know. Wow, I didn't know that's how colon cancer worked. That's so crazy. <laughs> Linda is now 17 and he goes to Ethel and begs her for permission to marry Linda. But as fast as he got married, they ended up getting a divorce and he kicks Linda out. Now enter Cindy. She is wife number four. 
but that's not really working for me either because the whole time he's married to Cindy, he's sneaking back out so he could go have sex with his ex-wife, Linda. So he's banging her on the side since like the beginning of the marriage with Cindy. <sighs> David, David, my man, you're getting a little too messy for me, dude. You're getting a little too messy. Yeah, and he would go around telling anybody that would listen how much he still loved Linda. He misses her. He wanted to be back with her. And that Linda would tell people that they would have sex twice a day, every day, and they never even repeated the same position. That's how much chemistry they had together. He would tell anybody that would listen. He would even say it to her brothers. And they're like, dude, like, I don't want to hear that. Stop being so weird. It's gross for me. Okay, it's my sister. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. You can't be talking about that. It wasn't Linda talking about that. It was David. Oh, okay. Listen, so David. Like, David, like my, Pat going to my brother and tell, all talking about my, like, my, our sex life. Oh, David. uncomfortable. My brother would be like, I'm walking out of this room and never coming back. I'm just going to like throw bleach on it. and I'm never speaking to you again. <laughs> So now he's begging for forgiveness and her family does not want her to remarry him. She's like, no, don't do it. He's an asshole. He's controlling. He's rude. He's like all the things. He's not a good person, but she was like, yes, but he's got money. He's got more money than we've ever known to have. And he's just, I have to. And they're like, dude, it's totally not worth your self-respect. But over time, he wore her family down. He said, look, guys, I'm starting my own company. I will give you all the jobs. You guys will make great money. And so they're like, fine, whatever. And they agreed to let Mary or let Linda marry him. So David did start his own company. He called it the Data Recovery. And the claim was that he worked for MGM. He was working for the Pentagon. He even claimed that he worked for NASA. Spoiler didn't happen i was about to say what a resume <laughs> so with this company he created he would get back like lost files on computers you could get like 40 to 60 percent back of information that was lost on a computer so companies would use him to find his files apparently it wasn't that top notch of a job though he just gave it like a cooler name it was called the process which basically contains him cleaning out computers with q-tips I'm not making this up. Oh. I could not if I tried. Like physically, you just took Q-tips and yeah. like, oh, okay. All right. I know. It's crazy, right? But he was successful. He went from making $32,000 a year to making a half a million dollars a year by doing this. And okay. the company did grow at a fast pace. He now worked for a subcontractor company called Random X. So David's ego gets bigger and bigger. And now he's telling people, his wife, Brenda, that she's so jealous of his success and because he's a millionaire and blah, 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 blah. Like, oh my God, just stop. So he goes on to say he is responsible for the company system for NASA. You remember the challenger that blew up? He said that because of him, he could figure out what happened after he cleaned the data of the box. Lies. And the MGM casino, that fire in the hotel, um, it had bare minimum like, sprinklers, like just enough to pass code. So when there was a fire, um, all the smoke that went through the heat vents, 
he could remotely see them from his computer rooms, which were which ones were empty and which ones had people in it. So even though 81 people did die, but because of him, he had firemen there within two hours and he saved over a hundred people. What a hero. Oh, we don't deserve, we don't deserve David. (laughs) And then there was the San Diego blood bank that the system crashed. And because the company, something went wrong, he got it all back up and he saved all the units of blood and he got it all out and gave it to people who needed blood transfusions. And just think about all the people he just saved again. Again, where is this man's cape? Can we get one, please? I mean, I feel like he just, he needs one pronto. Like, come on, people. Give this man his cape. Uh, But none of that was really true. Yeah. (laughs) Now, somehow he gets Linda to take him back. They get remarried. This is his first wife in marriage all over again. He's now 32. He's a millionaire. But he's still not happy. He's still complaining that he has all these ailments and that he's got heart issues, asthma, insomnia, allergies. He could die at any time. And he goes on and on. So, like, he's just telling people, you know, you can just die at any time. And he's giving people these sad stories. And people are just kind of like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, you know. But he doesn't do much to help himself either. Like, he doesn't exercise. He smokes two packs a day. He's got a horrible, poor diet. Like, these are things you can do to fix yourself there, buddy. You know, a little exercise could be okay. And he claims that he does. He does exercise. He has a healthy sex life. He's getting at least twice a day. So, you know, he's an absolute sex magnet. There's no problems there. That was his word, not mine. I was like, dang, Lori. (laughs) No, and if you've seen a picture of this guy, you'd be like, I don't get it. Like he's just lying. <laughs> so there is one girl that did love David and admired David. She had a crush on David. And that's Patty Bailey, Linda's little sister. She was jealous of Linda and David's relationship. She was upset with that Linda moved out to move in with David. She wanted that life. He had a nice car. He had a nice house. He dressed well. He had all the monies, all the nice things. And she wanted that life for herself. But instead, she was stuck living at home with her brothers, which she hated. Now, if you read the book, you will know that Patty was molested by someone in her family. There was sexual abuse happening at the house. Um, Linda had approached Patty after a while and said, look, if you want to move in with me and David, you are more than welcome to. You will have your own room, your own bed, which is more than what they did for Cinnamon. And you can be safe. And she was thrilled. She was excited. Everybody knew that Patty had a crush on David, but they never teased her about it because they're like, you know, she's 12. She's going to grow out of it. Just, you know, give it time. Now, I'm here to say, and it was quoted for the first time, that Linda and David, when they did break up seven years before, um, Patty was happy that they broke up because she was thinking to herself, like, hey, now maybe I have a chance with him, which is so weird for a kid to think that way. <laughs> yeah. So they move Patty in and she's just, you know, she's getting over it. She'll get over it. She's going to find like some Jonas brother or Harry Styles or 
you know, some new crush. David's old and Patty's in middle school. So come on, like, just give her some time. Um, so they give her this big, beautiful room. She gets her own big, beautiful bed, brand new clothes, dolls. These dolls were like $300 a piece. This isn't just like your Target, Toys R Us stuff. This is like everything drawers were overflowing with clothes jewelry boxes were dripping with jewels and jewelry she had everything she possibly wanted she should be like ecstatic and over the moon but she wasn't because she wanted david so it's here where we kind of bring patty and cinnamon together um they didn't really get along like amazingly um but they you know they were okay patty didn't really care for cinnamon too much um, she didn't want to share her room with her. She didn't want to share her stuff with her. So she convinced Linda to have Cinnamon sleep out in a trailer in the driveway. Now, this is not like a mobile home or RV that you go camping in and it's, you know, bed and kitchen and just beautiful and it's like a house on wheels. This was more like a tin, rusted out, smelled like dog shit. There was just like, it was more kind of like picture, you know, Christmas vacation one that rolls up, you know, yeah, like just okay. like this piece of shit, you know, right? <laughs> and uh, it's like, who does that anyway? Like, that's just rude. You have this huge mansion of a house and like you make your 14 year old stepdaughter and daughter sleep in the driveway because your wife's little sister doesn't want to share a room. Like that's messed up. Yeah, so now we bring in Crystal into the family. Crystal was born, and David was in love. He doted on her. She was the new princess. He was ecstatic. Uh, she was, before she was born, they had bought her 30 Care Bears and put it all in her room. She had the top-of-the-line furniture. She had six different mobiles. She was just beautiful and perfect, and everything was just pristine, just waiting for a This nursery was, like, bougie with toys, okay? Like, any problems that Lynn and David had or that were going through, once Crystal was born, they kind of disappeared for a while. Um, they were just a little bit... They were more in love with Crystal and they were just more focused on the baby and doting on her that they kind of just put their issues aside. So if you look at this family from the outside, you'll see mom, dad, older sister, little sister, new baby. They have cinnamon going back and forth. Uh, so really, it just looks like this picture perfect, great family. But we all know like looks could be deceiving, right? One night, it's the middle of the night, and it's in Orange County on Ocean Breeze Drive. It's just a quaint little, you know, neighborhood. Uh, more old people that live than the nightlife partiers. There's a 911 phone call of a homicide. So when the police arrive, they see a little girl holding a baby. They see David. They're both crying hysterical. They're pointing. They're saying, you know, in there, in there. So... Please continue carefully. They don't know if the murder is still there or what is going on. So they don't turn on the lights. Um, they don't want to cause any extra fingerprints. They don't want to touch anything. They search the house. They do find Linda in her bed laying in a not normal position. And she's got two gunshot wounds to her chest. And she is gurgling. So she's still alive, like not very alive, but 
trying to hold on. Now, the police are taking pictures. They're doing all the evidencing, security. They're waiting on an ambulance. They're noticing that there is no struggle of a break-in. Uh, she was shot, but it doesn't look like there was any kind of fight. It doesn't look like there was any kind of uh, disruptance. Uh, they're concerned because Linda was so young. I mean, she had cartoon pajamas on. So they're trying to figure out what in the hell happened. Like, who would want to hurt this poor woman? It's a family home. It's not textbook, like, okay, I could see why someone would break in here, you know. So what happened? Well, the ambulance rushes to the hospital. They do everything they can to take her into surgery. The surger, surgeon literally keeps her heart going with their hand but it wasn't working. Linda was pronounced dead at the hospital. Unfortunately, they could not save her. So the police are pretty shocked when they see the gun just laying on the floor. They can't believe they're seeing it just sitting there. And if you read the book or not, you'll remember them saying like, they had toys, collectibles, knickknacks, crystals, some stuff there that was still in cellophane and boxes. It was just everything they could ever ask for. The bedrooms had like beautiful antique furniture. And, you know, most people get one dressers. Each room had like three dressers each. It was like a Barbie dream house. Okay. Like not everything was pink inside. Um, they had Garfield stuff, but other than that, like it was, if you name it, they probably had it, but there's also questionable things lying on the ground. Like, obviously, the murder weapon was there. There was a pill bottle that looked like a lot of pills were missing. Um, someone must have recently taken some pills. And, okay, who are these medications for and what are they? Let's start with who lives here. So that means there's David, Linda, Patty, Cinnamon, and Crystal. And when they talk to David and Patty... They give the assumption that Cinnamon might have done it. The police like, what do you mean? And they like, well, we seen someone running out of the house and it looked like Cinnamon. But we can't be sure. It looked like your daughter, but you don't know if it's your daughter. I mean, I'd like to think if my daughter ran past me, I'd kind of know that it was her. Right. You kind of be able to identify your own daughter. Yeah. Um. So they just go on to think like, yeah, we're... We're pretty sure it was her. And, you know, we can't find her. So she was missing. The police proceed to say that, you know, okay, um, it's weird, but we'll keep we'll keep at it, guys. Um, so they're doing their things. David proceeds to say that it's been very stressful. Nobody's been getting along in the house. Everybody's fighting. I'm trying to work, take care of everybody, but it's just complete chaos. I tried to get cinnamon help, you know, but like she wouldn't go to counseling and she would constantly say she was going to kill herself. So, you know, I never thought she would kill Linda, though, but maybe she just did. So the detective was like, OK, walk us through what happened. Catch us up. What's going on? He proceeds to say, you know, nothing really unusual. Parents came over. We were all going to go to the desert for a picnic. It rained. So instead, we stayed here. We had family game night. We played Uno got kind of angry and crappy you know because she was losing and then Linda and my mom started bickering and going back and forth and just you know normal family stuff. parents ended up leaving and I have insomnia 
So I couldn't sleep. So I decided I was going to go for a drive and I headed to the gas station. I went inside. I got a Dr. Pepper and a hostess cake and I sat in my car and I ate my cake and I drank my pop. But then I decided I was going to go back into the gas station and I bought some comic books. And then I was talking to the gas station attendant, like, oh, you know, check this book out. And he's like, I can't believe you like comic books at your age. And, you know, they're laughing about it. And he's just like, yeah, I know, right? Blah, 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 whatever. Who cares? So then he says, I think I'm just going to drive to the beach. So he went to the beach and he said he just parked because he wanted to ponder life and think about things. So now he's sitting at the beach. Then he decided... Um, I'm going to go head up to Denny's and he goes to Denny's, but he said, I just used the bathroom because then I walked inside, it was covered in Hispanic people. And um, I was going to eat there if all these Hispanic people are there. David, you're a half Hispanic. Stop it. Like, not only are you racist, but you're the worst kind because it's your kind. What the heck? This man is something else. So less than an hour later, he pulls up. Crystal and Patty are outside. What's going on, Patty? And she's crying, saying, oh, my gosh, you know, Cinnamon had a gun. She had a gun. And he goes in the house. He can't find Cinnamon. He searches the house. He gets ready to go into the master bedroom. And as he wants to open the door, Patty screams, like, don't go in there. It's just, it's bad. And he continues to open the door. And his wife is laying on the floor, um, not moving. And that's when he decided he was going to call 911. So, the cops pull up, Patty, and they pull Patty aside from David, and they ask Patty, like, can you tell us what happened? And she said that Cinnamon asked if she could sleep in the house tonight and Patty's room with her. She really didn't want her to, but she's like, okay, for one night, fine. So they were watching MTV videos and just hanging out, and that's when Cinnamon woke Patty up and said, you know, look, I got something to show you. And she pulled out a gun and she's like, oh my gosh, Cinnamon, like why? For protection and protection from what? We like have like top of the line security here. But then she's like, is it for when you're the trailer? And she didn't answer and they just dropped it. And then they just kind of all went back to sleep. Like nothing ever happened. And she said she just felt off that day, but she couldn't exactly say why, but she just, something wasn't right. So the officers asked her if it was a little odd that she would have a gun. And Patty continued to say, well, not really, really, because we were raised around them. And we went to the deserts with David all the time and we used guns and we shot them. So we knew how to use them. So I must have like dozed off and fell asleep because that's when I heard a gunshot and it woke me up in a panic and I didn't know what to do. I got up and I could hear Crystal crying. So I ran into the nursery and I grabbed her and brought her back to my room and I barricaded the door shut because I decided like if she could shoot Linda, were we next? Because after the first shot, there was two more shots and I could hear the key going to the front door. So I ran to the front door. I figured it has to be David because Cinnamon doesn't have a key to the house. But riddle me this, guys. So for you know, David wasn't even home in all of that. It's the middle of the night. And secondly, she's talking to the cops. And so she ran outside to talk to David. And, you know, she's crying. And, you know, the Cinnamon, she had the gun, all the stuff that she said. Uh, but this time she claimed that David had 
came into the house and searched the whole house, but he didn't even open the master door. And she said, wait, what about the master? And that's when he said, I can't, I can't look, I can't see it. My stomach can't handle it. So he called his dad and that's when uh, his dad's like, dude, like you need to call 911. But the cops don't say anything. They just kind of side look at each other and they're like, Okay, I mean, it doesn't mean they're guilty, but um, their stories are already not meshing a little bit. And uh, sometimes men try to make yourself sound like a hero doing stuff like this, even if they're not. So they're like, okay, we're just going to go with it. Let them keep talking. So now it's been said that David called his dad because he couldn't handle it and didn't know what else to do. His dad said, well, son, you need to call the police. So the officers asked, Okay, so you do think it's cinnamon. And Patty goes on to say, well, you know, she talks about how she wants to kill herself and she's very moody and she never wants to help with household chores. She states how she would rather kill herself than do dishes. It even got to the point where Cinnamon told me that she wanted to kill herself with a gun. And I was like, no way. I love you. I love you like a sister. But Cinnamon was just moody. She hated Linda. She hated her, everybody. And I don't know. She was just moody and bitchy to everybody. And she goes on to say that she went as far as getting herself kicked out of the house. That's why she was living in the trailer. And she doesn't even have any friends. Like she talks to imaginary friends and they're just very weird. She has names for them. Oscar, Aunt Bertha and Maynard. It even got to the point that one time I went there and she was talking and I asked who she was talking to. And she said that I couldn't even sit there because Oscar was there. It was very bizarre. And Patty's just going on, the police, all the stuff. And now the police are thinking like, okay, well, this is starting to make a little bit more sense. She's missing possible suspect, but she also could have a case of schizophrenia. And now the cops are thinking, well, this is, you know, this could make sense since schizophrenia, yeah, 14, um, the girls usually don't want to kill their stepmoms with a gun. Usually at that age, I know it sounds more and a little bit more savage, but usually it's with a knife. Knives are um, things that they use more often for cutting, for cooking. They're usually laying in the house more. You know, you have them in your kitchen top, you have them in your kitchen drawers. It's just more accessible. So more times than not, young people really use knives over gun, but it didn't mean it wasn't true. Oh, and did I mention she's got a 23-year-old boyfriend and she's only 14 and he goes by the name Steely Dan. Yeah, like the band. Steely Dan. So maybe Linda and her mom won't let her see him. She wanted to be with him. So I think this is a way of her being able to run away with him. So the cops are definitely taking all the stuff, all the thoughts, but while they're continuing to search through the house, all the evidence, they realize one of the dogs got out of the coop so they pick up the dog they take it back to the pen and then they notice the dog house so they decided to check the dog house and there was cinnamon lying in the dog house very dazed very sick she did not look well she was responsive though cinnamon is laying there and she's covered in her own urine her own vomit and there's about 30 i'm sorry there's a bunch of full-size pills that are all around her and she's very sick she's alive but clearly something is very, very wrong. Cinnamon, Cinnamon, is that you? Are you okay? And she muffles back and 
she answers and they notice that this pink paper with like a purple ribbon in her hand. And when they open it up, they read the note and it says, dear God, I'm sorry. I did not mean to hurt her. So now the police immediately start to think that this is a suicide confession and that they need to get her up and put her in the back of the police car. So they're putting her in the cop car. Cinnamon whispers in a meek voice to the cop and says, please don't let them get away with this. But she's very drugged and she's not in a good state. So the cops say, sorry, what was that? And she didn't repeat it. Just kind of black physical, went back and sat in the back of the cop car. At this point, she's at the hospital. The doctors are looking her over. They ask her if she could talk. She said she took about three bottles of pills. She doesn't know what they were. Um, she thinks that they were painkillers, maybe mixed with lower blood pressure medicine. And she took about 30 of them. If she did not throw them up, she would be dead. Even in the state that she's in, the only thing she was concerned about was that she kept asking over and over, is daddy okay? Is daddy okay? And the police are thinking this is kind of weird because she's described as cold-hearted, brutal murder, just very cold. And by the way she's acting and the way she's talking, asking about her dad, they just they don't get the vibe that she's this cold-hearted killer that everybody's making her sound like she could be. So they get her cleaned up, they put fresh clothes on her, and then they start questioning her. Like, really? Can we just give her till morning? Like, yeah, oh, like maybe okay. maybe give her a second to uh, compose herself slightly. Yeah, you know, 14, no lawyer, no parents, but let's just do this, okay? Yeah. Cinnamon, do you know why you're here? Yes, because I hurt Linda. Yes, uh, Linda is dead, and we're going to read you your Miranda rights. Cinnamon, how many times did you fire the gun? Three. Uh, one in Patty's room and two in Linda. Cinnamon, do you get along with Linda? Linda doesn't like me. I don't know why. I guess it's because I'm daddy's daughter, but she wanted me out of the house and she told me if I wasn't gone the time she got up in the morning, she was just going to kill me. She's just jealous, I guess. I don't know. We're just, we just don't get along. Cinnamon starts to roll her eyes and close her eyes and the cops are just like well um you don't have to keep your eyes open but you know you need to talk to me and so her statement basically said that she shot the gun when she was in patty's room because she never shot a gun before and she wanted to see if she could do it and how it worked and then she went and shot linda twice in the chest and went to grab the pills and she swallowed them and then made her way to the doghouse, and that's when she was later found. After being rushed to the hospital, she was in and out of consciousness. Uh, at the night, she would ramble on. She would say things like, you know, I Linda, I didn't mean to. She was hurting me. She hated me. Went to the kitchen, um, got gun out of drawer. It wasn't making a lot of sense, but it was just kind of bizarre. Like, I don't know. They were just why is she confessing so much stuff and like the way she was saying it so the cops are like okay um not even accidental it's not anything but first degree murder so they decided that they wanted to look into this a little bit more but cinnamon didn't really have a lot of friends and she but she did have one bestie and her name was krista and when they got a hold of her they asked her like 
this cinnamon of a violent person. And Krista was shocked. She was like, hell to the no. There's not a violent bone in her body. She's very loving. She's very caring. She gets in trouble, though, all the time by her dad. Like, the smallest things she does wrong, and she's grounded for, like, weeks. She can't give people her address. She's not allowed to hand out her phone number. Like, she's very isolated in their world. Next, she talked to Brenda's mom and explained what happened. And Brenda is shocked as well. And she says, no way. Uh -uh, My daughter didn't do this. My daughter is not violent. She's never acts that way yeah she's moody but what teenager is not I mean she's a 14 year old girl um no she's never tried to commit suicide ever that is a lie Brenda also said oh and just so you know um David was just here and he told me that I'm supposed to be very convincing to you that cinnamon is crazy (laughs) what And the cops are just kind of like, what the F is going on? So her dad got her a top-of-the-line lawyer, very expensive, but he was going around telling the family to make sure that they were all on the same page that Cinnamon is crazy. And it would get her off easier. She'd get a better plea deal. Um, Just, you know, it's a harsh punishment, but let's just say she's crazy. Um, she was going to have to go in front of a judge. She didn't want a trial. Uh, it was just going to be the judge and Cinnamon, the lawyer, and her dad. Well, her lawyer would, or I'm sorry, her dad would come and see her and would just tell her in her mind, like, hey, everything's going to be okay. You're not going to get that much time. You're only 14. Um, you'll probably just get probation. Just, you know, just stick to the story, let them tell them what happened. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. You know, and meanwhile, she's, you know, still kind of processing things. And the only thing she would really say is, does my dad still love me? Does daddy, daddy still loves me, right? Cinnamon believes her dad because like, well, why wouldn't she? Uh, She loves him. She's young. She's naive. She's never been in trouble. But now it's judgment day and the trial is there. David doesn't show up. Um, He's got a note from the doctor saying he needs bed rest because of all of his stress and illnesses that he needs to stay in bed. So he's not there. And she's all alone in front of her judge and a lawyer um, facing a first degree murder by herself. And she is found guilty. So the lawyer is trying to get a lighter sentence. Like, please don't put this youthful girl you know in prison let's just put her in a hospital you know just kind of get her the help she needs um put her through some mental health therapy cinnamon is like wait i don't remember confessing i don't remember saying any of that and she just starts kind of to change her story a little bit Uh, but i think subconsciously she's starting to think things and she's starting to be like wait a minute like why is my dad not here like something's amiss because she may be naive, but she's not dumb, you know. The judge was not lenient on her. He was harsh. He gave her 27 years to life. Um, and she does have a chance to roll when she's in her 20. But he threw the book at her and she's like, um, no, I'm going to be like 42 when I get out. And that's like old. <clears throat> <laughs> and even when you know even if she would got sentenced to be out like 
in five years to a 14 year old a year or two in prison that's a long time yeah yeah definitely on top of this being a press bomb because it went nationwide it was all over the news everybody wanted her cnn oprah people like it was just you know tv sensation and she's more like oh my god i'm going to prison like i don't want to talk to anybody um in her mind she's thinking okay i'll be in prison patty's gonna go back to live with mom crystal's gonna go live with dad um and then mom and dad will come and see me like every other weekend and we'll get through this like she's not happy about it but she's trying to be you know hopeful now enter district attorney jay newell he comes in he notices something's kind of off with david he says you know he showed up for the sentencing but he didn't show up for anything else and he said that he had this illness but I'm thinking, well, then you could have came in a wheelchair. You could have been present. But he was just acting so bizarre. While during the sentencing, he was literally pulling Brenda's hair like a boy teasing a girl. And Brenda would turn around and she would like smack him and be like, knock it off. Like, this isn't funny. You know, like, leave me the F alone. He would kick the bottom of her chair and she would turn around. She's like, for the love of God, stop. Like, who acts like that when your daughter's about to go to prison for 27 years when she's 14 and not to mention that your wife that you claim to love so much was just murdered by her very bizarre behavior and you're flirting and playing games with your baby mama you know no so this begins a series of events for that for Detective Newell. He says from this moment he knew this case was going to change life was going to change at some point He's even thinking to himself, like, I may get myself in this deep. I may even get murdered myself, but you'll see what I mean later. But um, he couldn't let it go. So moving on, they come out of the sentencing and Detective Fred runs into Linda's sister. And I'm sorry, she runs into David's sister. And she talks to him and he says, she says, you know, I almost didn't come. I can't stand my brother. David's just like a messed up dude. I hate him. I hate being around him. Linda couldn't even stand being around him. She was hardly ever home because of him. And the detective said, oh, because of her and Cinnamon not getting along. She said, no, her and Cinnamon were tight. Cinnamon loved her. She loved Cinnamon. If it was her own daughter, she took care of Cinnamon. Then can I ask, why would she have her move to the trailer? Uh, And she went on to explain that that was more David. Um, Patty didn't want to share a room. Patty didn't like cinnamon. So Patty convinced David to have her move. And well, what Patty wanted, Patty got. And David gave Patty everything she asked for. She's like, my brother is terrible. He's just, he's messed up, dude. David's sister goes on to say, you know, one time David told me that Patty actually killed one of cinnamon's puppies. Sorry, crystal earmuffs. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> and she said that um, David didn't do anything about it. No punishment was given. It's just like, Patty's just a smug little bitch who gets her way with David constantly. She goes on to say that she did not want to share her life with others. It got to the point where it seemed, though, even though she was a guest of Linda's, they took her in and 
she got more of the household and more of anything than anybody. She didn't want to share anything with anyone. She says, you know, they're still together. And detective was like, what do you mean? Patty, she's 17. Why is she not with her mom? Why is she still at David's? And it's weird because they're very inseparable. Um, my parents told me that they dropped the baby off and they take up for hours doing God knows what together. It's gross and it's very weird. It's weird, right? So Detective Fred runs straight to Detective Newell and spills the tea and says, you'll never guess what I just heard. But he's like, what can we do? Um, nothing right now, but they're also not going to let it go. But they just need more evidence and more stuff to bring to the table besides just hearsay gossip um but it's very questionable it doesn't make sense a lot of things just don't make sense for example how come david didn't check in on that on his wife he didn't show up to the trial stuff uh he didn't come to see cinnamon he had her sleeping in a trailer in the driveway you know she's his biological daughter like patty is just a sister of his wife and they let her move in because she's having a hard time come on like what the heck when linda was pregnant with crystal you know how hormones they can they can be a little bit more intense than average but she invented to one of her friends saying i think patty and david are sleeping together and her friend was like you're cray cray she's 16 years old no way Linda didn't like the vibe or the energy that it was putting off in the house. And she wanted Patty to move back home for a while. So she told David to drive her home. But then David calls and says, I'm bringing her back. There's no way I'm leaving Patty. I mean, either she comes back to the house or I'm not coming back at all. Weird, right? Very weird. That's a very big uh, statement too. Yeah, that'd be kind of like, if your husband said, um, either Caitlin's moving in with us or I'm not moving in at all. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye. So he comes back home with Patty and he sits down and he talks to Linda and he says, you know, you're really not crazy. She did try to make a move on me, but I did put a stop to it. She has a crush on me, okay? But we'll figure it out. You have nothing to worry about. She's 16, Linda. And... You know, she found it disturbing, but she's like, you know what? Okay. She did later say that, you know, she was pregnant. She was getting heavier. Her clothes weren't fitting properly. Her body was changing. And while that was going on, Patty was flaunting her good looks, her tiny figure, dressing very inappropriate. So, you know, she's like, maybe it is just her hormones. Once Crystal was born, she did feel better. She felt, you know, less threatened by Patty. And she did confide in her friend, like, you know what? It, it was probably me just being normal. So meanwhile, Cinnamon is still in prison. And Detective J. Noel is not letting it go. Something is telling him to keep on this. So he's going through files, paperwork, statements all over again. Like, he just, he can't let it go. Uh, Crystal and David are getting ready to move back into the house. They are actually bringing Patty back into the house as well. And they actually call some of Linda's friends and ask for help. Um, and they notice a lot of weird things. Like David even asked like Linda's best friend to sleep with him and Patty because he couldn't be alone right now and has to be, but he's got to be in the middle. And they're like, this is just freaking weird. And she's like, whatever. So she stays one night. Um, she went on to say that there was just like a high sexual energy going on with them too. And she didn't like it. Like it was just, 
it was gross and it was weird and um, very, very odd. There was even a time she said that she noticed that David took some of Patty's friends home because it was getting late. And when he got back, uh, Patty would give him the third degree. Like, what took you so long? Did you stop somewhere? Where were you? Like, what the hell? And I'm sorry, you're 17 years old. Your sister was murdered and you're going to your brother-in-law slash whatever new boyfriend like I don't know it's just so many like no's no 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 like so many uh, bizarre layers yes like and she eventually said that she thinks Patty did it she thinks Patty swooped into Linda's life and Cinnamon was never known to be violent so they don't believe that Cinnamon actually did this but with Cinnamon's confession and her guilty plea and the pill bottle and the suicide note, and it's, it's just hard to believe any other theory. So they have a lot to prove. David has a bank that he used to go to all the time, and Linda would walk in behind him, very meek, head down, wouldn't really say much. She would try to talk to people at the bank like she was desperate for conversation from people. But the teller said that she just, I don't know, it was just kind of sad. Well, they heard in the news about Linda and they were really sad about it. But then David walked in and someone was walking behind him and it was Linda's clothes and Linda's jewelry and she was carrying the baby on her hip and it's like they saw a ghost, but it was Patty's face. And they were like, the, it was just uncanny how much Patty looked like her. And it was weird because it was like Patty just kind of sidestepped right into Linda's shoes, literally. They said it was very unsettling. Now, David's in there. He's depositing a million dollars worth of insurance checks at the bank. And it's kind of weird because she's only a housewife. So how did, why did they have so much insurance on Linda? But David would go on to say like, oh, she was my partner. She knew everything about the business. She knew it inside and out. She helped me take care of it. And now I have to hire someone else. And it's just going to be very complicated and while everybody loved Linda, they said she was beautiful, she was smart, um, and very adored. But even when people would talk about her, as sad as it sounds, very smart business work that didn't connect to Linda. Like, it just wasn't her. Um, now, fast forward to the new house. They bought in Anaheim. They paid $100,000 for it. Patty, David, and Crystal uh, in there um they run they live in this it's a beautiful mansion his parents also because well they need help with the baby and while all that's going on poor cinnamon's still sitting in jail so moving on and instead of putting up pictures of linda and the baby and david patty's putting up pictures of herself with her and the baby and david she's wearing linda's clothes again her jewelry like even again, I know it's been said, but now it's David's parents are saying like, it's very weird vibe. Like they didn't like the energy at all. And they knew, they said that they were probably having sex. It was never admitted, but it was very unsettling to know that Patty and David were sexually involved now. But David's going around telling people that he's distraught 
over cinnamon and losing his wife and he just can't be alone and it's just making him sick how everything's turned out but the reality is cinnamon's in prison and david and patty just bought new cars for each other they have a house they have um all this new stuff he gets in another little fender bender he gets 100 g's for that car accident and what do they do with the money they take a trip to vegas where patty and david get married you guys wife number six crack the champagne omg yeah to his 17 year old sister-in-law plot twist <laughs> well she might be older i don't know i don't know what's i guess 17 if that's legal or not so David would deny, but the proof is in the parting people. Okay, you get remarried. There's legal documents. Um, they found a or a wedding certificate. They found a prenup paper that they had to sign. Legal documents, dumbass. Legal documents, okay? Yeah. Um, and it, it states that if Patty gets divorced from David, she gets nothing. He gets the house. He gets the cash value, which is like $1.5 million. He had a coin collection that was worth about a million dollars. Basically, she just walks out with like nothing. Oh, and by the way, Cinnamon must never know about this, okay? So Jay Newell is on to David. He's kind of following him, keeping his eye on him, but David doesn't know that. Um, David's dad happens to run into Newell and he asks him a few questions and David's dad runs back and tells David like, you know, hey, you know, I ran into Newell and he was asking some questions. Well, put fear of God into David. He went home and he shredded the marriage license. He shredded the prenup agreement. He shredded any kind of evidence that put him with Patty. He put a tracker on Patty so she could leave the house. Um, he had to know where she was at all time, wouldn't let his parents leave that house that much, told them to talk to nobody, and put everybody basically on lockdown. Well, shocking news, which doesn't bode well for David because it kind of puts a little wrench in his plans. Patty is now pregnant. And David's parents are like, well, you hardly ever leave. Who's the father of your child? And David cuts in and says, uh, Doug. And they're like, Doug? Yeah, he lived down the street. He drives a Camaro. Right. Okay. Pretty sure uh, he knocked her up, but you know what? Okay, sure. But he's like, you know, I'm pretty sure they did it in the Camaro, and that's probably when it happened. I'm like, really? All his, okay. little, de all his little details he adds. <laughs> So David tries to convince her to get an abortion. She's not having it. She's like, you are the father and you're going to admit that she's yours. And even if you don't, I'm giving birth to our baby girl. And she did. She named her Heather, but David wants nothing with her. It is not like crystals and cinnamon. He was not adoring. He was not loving. He was not obsessed with her. He was almost like he hated her. He hated Patty now. Because Patty's body changed and she's getting older and she's not as slim as she was and she's got stretch marks and he's just so turned off by that. Mm. So she's trying to still convince him like she's your daughter and you want nothing to do with her and that is terrible. And he is just like, that's not mine. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I'm the only person, you're the only person I've ever been with. 
stature. I know Doug's the dad. Who the hell is Doug? You know Doug. He's down the street. He drives a Camaro. He's Greek. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> uh, And then it even got gross because he tried to get the insurance to cover the hundreds of thousands of dollars, but no insurance company would cover that. So a little bit of a refresh. Patty's now in depression mode. She tries to kill herself a couple times. Cinnamon's still in prison, wondering what the hell's going on. Why hasn't daddy come to see me? Um, I haven't seen Patty, the therapist. Um, the Cinnamon is talking to the therapist, and they're like, you need to talk to us. If you ever want to get out on parole, you need to answer these questions. And she's just kind of like moping around. And she's like, you better start talking improvement of your mental health because you're going to be in here for time if you don't start to show that you're trying well something kicks in with cinnamon and she starts to rethink some of her life choices so she asks herself these questions like why is daddy not coming to see me anymore he's throwing money into my commissary but he's visiting me um and she gets a flashback um, one time they went to Kmart and Crystal had peed on her clothes. So Linda's like, hey, you guys go in. I'll catch up. I just got to change her clothes and I'll meet you guys inside. Well, Cinnamon being a typical teenager, you know, she went off and kind of did her own little shopping and figured she'd catch up with them later. When she did catch up with Patty and her dad, when she turned the corner into the aisle that they were in, she shrieked and ran off because she seen her dad making out with Patty in the her dad chased her down and said, you know, cinnamon, cinnamon, stop. And she turned around and she's like, why is your face on Patty's? Why are you making out with her? That is gross. She's the same age as me. And he's like, hey, I'm sorry you had to see that. It was an accident, okay? She's like, what do you mean it's an accident? How do you accidentally put your tongue down someone's throat? Yeah. Like, whatever you do, don't tell Linda, please, please. Just let's just get back in the car and, you know, move on. So she gets in the car and she's just stacked with guilt. She doesn't feel good. She feels sick. And Linda even went as far as sitting in the back seat with Cinnamon and asking her, like, hey, honey, are you okay? Can I, how, can I, how can I make you feel better? And Cinnamon is just feeling more terrible because she's looking at Linda knowing what she knows and she can't say anything. So meanwhile, her grandparents, the only people that are really visiting her, they dropped the bomb that Patty is pregnant. And she's thinking, well, that's kind of weird. But then she also has the memory. And they're like, well, who's dad? And they're like, I don't know, like some guy named Doug who drives a Camaro. He's Greek. <laughs> He's Greek. Um, and, you know, Cinnamon's is more smart than people actually give her credit for. So she's not buying that story. So grandma and grandpa, they're telling her that everything, everybody's doing well. And um, she tries to get a hold of David, but she can't call him at home. They've got to call his work line and then they got to get a hold of him or, you know, whatever. Uh, she wasn't house, which she didn't understand that. So grandma and grandpa would say he's miserable. He's sad. You know, all this stuff. I'm sorry, he would say he's miserable and that he's sad, but then grandma and grandpa would come in and be like, oh no, he cashed insurance checks and I just bought this house and, you know, or she would call and say, I'm sorry, he just went to the movies with Patty. So she's getting angrier because dad's lying to her, like, or is it matching up? Um, time goes on and 
she starts to talk to Detective Fred and Detective Noel, and they're sitting there and they're waiting for her to turn 18. They're watch clock, they're checking it. As soon as she turns 18, they just they want her like so bad. Um, don't get it twisted, not sexual reasons, because at 18, she doesn't need um parental permission to be talked anymore. So Dr. Did play a little bit of a risky game. He sent some pictures, sent her pictures of the house, the fancy life, like how David and Patty were really living, um, and wanted to see how it would play out. And Cinnamon saw it, and finally she told him, She's like, Okay, let's talk. So Detective Fred and Detective sit down, they hit the record button, and they said, Take it from the beginning, like what happened. So it all started a few months ago. Patty comes running out of the house. One day, saying that she overheard Linda talking to her twin brother, Alan, saying that he wanted to kill David. And Cinnamon believed her. She thought she was just, you know, didn't believe her. Thought she was just being funny. But she did look petrified and she looked scared. But she was still like, I don't know. Well, nothing was for a while. She just thought, you know, this family's just so freaking screwed up. Like, I can't even deal with them. You know, and she would just go back to her trailer. Well, then... David and Patty, they were in the car one day and they said that he was going to be killed by Linda. So they had to kill Linda first. And Cinnamon like, no way. She wouldn't do that. David and Patty were like, yes, I have to leave and I can leave you guys, but I can never come back or she's going to kill me and take everything. And then you guys won't have anything because she's going to kick you guys out and all this stuff. So we have to kill her first. And someone's like, no way. It has to be this way. Just get a divorce. No, it won't work. She'll take everything. You guys will have nothing. And you'll have to leave. And, and just putting on the sad story. We have to kill her. And that's when Pet is like, it has to be this way. So Cinnamon, like, well, how are you guys going to do it? So Patty says, I don't know. Like, what if we just hit her in the head with a hammer, like, really hard? David goes on to say that. But... I hit her really, really hard. And Cinnamon's like, oh my God, no. And she's like, okay, well, come on, Cinnamon. How would you then? How would you kill her? You know, and she's still reluctant. She didn't want to say it. She's like, well, I read one time in a magazine, like you throw a toaster in her bath water and then she would just get electrocuted. But Patty's like, um, no. She takes showers only. She doesn't take baths. And meanwhile, Cinnamon thinks her humor is not lining up. Like, she thinks this is a joke. It can't be serious. But then her dad, a couple of days later, was like, come on. It has to be done today. Got to do it. So after having a conversation with her dad, Cinnamon asks, you know, what's your plan, dad? And Cinnamon, do you love me? Of course I do. Don't be silly, daddy. I love you so much. Do you really love me? Because if you loved me, if you really loved me, you would do this. I love you a lot, Daddy. I would do anything for you. Okay, so then we got to do it. Simmons starts to get teary-eyed. She's starting to get sad. She thinks her dad's about to leave her, and she's, like, begging him not to leave her. So he says, if you really loved me, I am your father. I know what's best. And you want me to kill her? And he says... I don't have the stomach to do it. So it has to be you and it has to be tonight. How so manipulative. Plan, yeah. So the plan was they were going to go tell Linda that they were all going for a family dinner. And when they got out on the highway, they were going to open up the door and just push her out onto the highway. 
you know, and the cops, that's what happened. They were going to claim the door must not have been closed all the way. Just a freak accident. So they go to dinner. Patty was supposed to do it, but Patty went out. She couldn't do it. So they all go inside. Patty pulls Cinnamon back and says like, hey, um, do it. You're going to have to do it. And Cinnamon thought, well, maybe this is still just a joke. Like, maybe it's really not going to happen. And she's like, no, if you loved your dad, if you really love dad, you'll do this without hesitation. So they, needless to say, they all made it back home and nobody was hurt. I mean, come on, they had the baby in the car. So when they get home, he starts coaching Cinnamon on how to write a proper suicide note. He makes her write over and over and over again until it's the perfect note. And the ones that failed, they would, you know, throw away, burn, whatever. And then when they got to the one, he said, okay, go put trailer, hide it, and keep it in there. Over time, she thought maybe people would forget about it and they didn't have to bring it up and nobody would die. But they kept pounding it into her brain, like saying over and over again, if you loved him, if you trusted me, and just all the things. It was the night the family came over. Everybody played Uno. Grandparents left. Cinnamon's like, why are you talking like that? If you love, you know, and they say, like, if you loved me, let's go with the plan and let's go now. So now David goes to bed with Linda. Cinnamon is relaxed again. It's not going to happen, but, you know, it's the middle of the night. David wakes up and the girls say, okay, let's do this. We have to do it. He brings the bottle of pills and he tells Cinnamon, here, take them, take them all. She said, I have to take all these? He said, yes. If you have, you have to make it look like a suicide, she asked if it's going to hurt. And he promised her it wouldn't hurt. Um, he, she just kept giving her more pills and she couldn't put any more down her throat. At one point, she's like, I can't take any more. Like, and he turned off the alarm and handed Cinnamon the gun. So he tells her that after you shoot her, turn the gun on yourself and shoot yourself. And don't kill yourself because I love you, but just go to your head and shoot it so it looks like you tried to kill yourself. Okay, there is no try. You shoot yourself in the head, you're going to die. Yeah. What a horrible, horrible human. That's awful to tell your daughter this. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I don't want to do that. And she's like, listen, you know, nick it, you'll be okay. But, you know, professionals and people from like the, the army or whoever they talked to, um, they said, no, 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 that's not how it works. You put a gun to your head and you're blowing off half your face. It's not like a little neck. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And he's like, you know, she says, you know, she just didn't want to do it. And he's like, listen, if you do it, you're not going to get much prison time. They're just going to give you a little bit of um, doctors and visits and you'll be home soon you'll probably spend a couple days in jail because you're a minor but if I do it I'm going to go to jail and I'm an old man and with all my illnesses and I'm sick you know I can't handle that I'd have to kill myself before I go to prison cinnamon do you want me to kill myself no daddy you love me right yes daddy okay well then this is our only option so he puts the gun in her hand he promised her things um that are to be okay and she won't face any jail time she'll be a little bit of probation and pushes the plan forward so she takes the gun she shoots linda she takes the pills she runs to the doghouse luckily that's where she got sick before she passed out but david didn't want her to get sick and pass out david wanted her dead 
so now she's under arrest. She's in jail. Her dad um, is still saying, okay, like, just stick to the plan. You know, don't say anything. Just tell people you don't recollect, you don't have any recollection of what happened. Just play like your memory is gone. And, you know, just, just don't mess up the story or we're all in trouble, baby. Okay. Just stick to the story. Don't worry. I'll get you out. I promise. So after doing a lot of journaling, self-help, self-reflection, she realized she was getting manipulated by her dad. And she realized like every time she didn't want to do something, he would use the words, if you really loved me. And she was getting angrier about this because she decided it's not enough. And she has to tell her story and tell what really happened. So the detectives came in with a plan and they put a wire on and they would call her dad and to get him to talk and he'll never know what's going on and we'll see what happens. Cinnamon agreed. She calls her dad and says, hey, I need you to come in this weekend. We have to talk. He's like, what do you mean? We have a problem. What's happening? What are you talking about? I don't want to talk about it over the phone. Just be here Saturday. Bye. And she hangs up, hangs up on him. So her dad comes in. He's telling her how much he loves her. This is her doing, sweetie. And oh my God, I love you so much. Just all his cards. And I don't understand. Like, I keep talking to my therapist and I keep saying, oh, but they know I'm lying. They know I'm not telling the truth. And he's like, well, what do you mean? Well, they just know. They know I'm lying. They can see through it, daddy. And he's like, well, this is Linda's fault. She was on the cocaine and drugs. And do you know she was involved in the mafia? Yeah, she was involved in the mafia. She wanted to steal business and they were going to take my business and kick me out and possibly even kill me. And then the company and the money and everything I worked for, well, that would be gone. They were going to take it all from me and I was going to die, honey. So he goes on about the other bullshit, the Ganganessa, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay. It's all bullshit. But he kept going on to saying they wanted the process. The process. <laughs> so he proceeds to tell Cinnamon, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll have Tad Patty take your place. Worst case scenario, Patty will come in and take this and come out. And Cinnamon's like, what? Yeah, we'll just have her confess. She'll come, you'll come out. She'll go in and it'll be like, you know, easy peasy, you know, like a episode of prison swap or something like. So simple, right? There's no solid evidence. It'll be easy. Patty will take your place and, you know, she's totally moving out anyway. You're my daughter. I love you. You're the important one. Who's Patty's baby? Who's the dad? Oh, this guy. He's a creep who lives down the street. He's Greek. He drives a Camaro. Do you know he also hit her? So you're not the father? Hell no, I'm not the father. Are you kidding? I haven't had sex in so long. I don't even know if I prefer women anymore. Cinnamon? And it's just like, what? Like, And the detectives are listening to all this. So like, who the hell talks to their 14-year-old daughter about this? Yeah, what the heck? So now she's demanding to talk to Patty. So David and Patty both come back. Simon wears up again. She's in the interrogation or like wherever they can talk. And she's just saying it, you know, again, like, you're going to take the place, okay? You're going to take Cinnamon's place and Cinnamon's going to come out here and go in. And don't worry about Cinnamon. And Cinnamon's getting angry and she's just like, why are you saying that? Like, you can't just swap people. Like, that's not a thing, Daddy. I'm not an idiot. 
You guys are both idiots. Do you know that? You guys are just idiots. I love that part. So Patty is taking a different route and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember anything. I remember anything that night. And Cinnamon's like, are you kidding me right now? And she's like, I'm sorry. I just don't. I just don't know what happened that night. So she brings up the kiss and how like, um, isn't that considered like incest? And David answers with a lot of, uh, no, no, a lot of dads kiss daughters that way. It's very normal. Like, and it's just, when daughters are insecure, it's okay. Like you can kiss some and you, some dads even have some, it's okay. You just have sex with, you know, who's ever handy around the house. It's a very normal thing to do. Like, it's just, it's not that big of a deal, Cinnamon. Jeez. So the detectives are like, oh my God, I cannot believe the things that are coming out of this man's mouth. Like, but he implicates himself and so does Patty, but they don't know it. And they also don't know that they kind of corroborated a lot of Cinnamon's story. So David and Patty, they go under arrest. They have a retirement silence and you say, we'll be held against you in the court of law. Boom. Gotcha. Handcuff drop? I don't know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Okay, so right off the bat in the interview, David goes on, you know, his very weird things saying, you know, his health issues and, you know, I'm suicidal, right? Uh, but that night, the murder, yeah, um, I remember having sex with Linda. We had great sex. That was one thing that I was good at, you know, she's like, she had cute little quirks and she knew how to work. She could make me crawl like fire, like and I climax and she was just so good I think she even used her hands because she's that good and he had to say like yeah we don't even do the same position twice like she's just really creative and I like that about her um sir why are you talking about your past wife who has died that way like how did it yeah. get here this isn't what we're like Let's talk about, talking about we're talking about her murder, not your sex life with her. <laughs> so now he's pointing the fingers at Patty. Patty's the crazy one. She's gonna kill me. She's dangerous. You know, she talks in her sleep. She says things, and detectives kind of look at each other. They look back at Dave. How do you know? What do you mean? How do you know Patty talks in her sleep? Um, um, she's got Garfield nap syndrome. What? <laughs> Yeah, Garfield nap attack syndrome. She falls asleep at any given time, anywhere. And that's why I don't let her drive anywhere. She's not allowed to drive. That's probably lies, guys. Just saying. Yeah. So they throw him in prison. And now they say, you know what? We're going to go talk to Pat. She starts opening up and starts talking. Um, she says for a while, play that remember card. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just don't remember. So she is... In the beginning, um, protecting David still, um, even though he's playing the tapes of her saying that she's crazy and dangerous and Patty's going to kill him. Um, she's still not really speaking right away. So they've read her love letters in prison, signing them from David, but the majority of them are from Doug. <laughs> he cannot bring himself to say it, but he puts little things in there. So that she knows that it's from David, even though they're signed love dog. He would say things like, um, they're trying to separate us. They're trying to drive us apart, but we're a family. We're the only family that matters. Don't let them win. 
Doug didn't know that he loves you more than life itself and that your marriage will grow. Uh, remember, cinnamon is evil. So here are some lame-ass cheesy poems that he's writing. Uh, promises of trips to the zoo, SeaWorld. Uh, finally, Patty's like, you know what? F this. I can't take this. I, Oh my God, it's just, this is just out of hand and ridiculous. And so she takes the cheesiest letters. She gets a hold of the detective. She's like, I'm ready to tell you everything. So she talks about how when she first moved into Linda's, uh, that, you know, she knew she was molested and that she came from hard times, but he started molesting her right away from the beginning, but he was sweeter about it. He was nice. So she thought that was normal. She's 11 time. So she thinks this is just must be what every family does because every household I go to, it's happening, you know. And he tells her, I'm going to help you mature mature faster let me do this and within a year she got her period so she's like oh my god he was right so pretty much david groomed her from 11 and he would tell her when you grow up we're gonna be married and you know i just i just know it i just i really like you and i'm the one that's gonna save you do your parents actually know do you know that your parents are actually gonna sell you they were going to make you a prostitute. You're going to have a very different life. If it wasn't for me, you'd be a prostitute right now. Did you know that? So now she's older. She's being forced into oral dated. She's 15. She's full on having full blown sex with him. He's actually raping her to a point that she didn't even want to have sex with David anymore. She would just say things to make him feel she would say things to her just to make her feel guilty and terrible so she would go with it so like anytime that linda was gone in the shower taking a nap david was on top of patty like glue patty goes on to say that she did love her sister but she did love david more patty goes on to say that her story of the night of the murder the only time patty and cinnamon talked was um when they you know add everything together and few little minor details, but the majority of the story was the same. So meanwhile, he's in prison. He's going by the Nick Pumpy. That's where he meets Richard, this tough guy. He's a biker. He's got a reputation. Um, he knows a lot of like uh, martial arts. Um, surprisingly, though, the police have a lot of respect for this guy. So they think, okay, we might be able to work with this guy. At the one point, um, Patty stops reaching out and returning back to David. So he's getting antsy. He's getting pissed. He tells Richard, hey, I have $6 million buried in this, like, I think they called it, like, a, a Jacob tree, a Joshua tree. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what that means. But, and he's like, you got $6 million? He's like, yeah, I do. And um, I have stuff done. He's like, well, there's this Robinson lawyer. I heard he's really good. And we need to do something about that. Because my attorney told me that he's a high, high profile lawyer and that I should start to get a little worried. And I don't like to be worried. I don't want to be worried. So he claims that he buried the money. As of today, I don't think it's ever been found. No one's had ever seen this so-called money. But he lets Richard know in a few, a few phases of the plan. This is how it's going down. Phase one, we burn my house down because I need insurance money. Phase two, you break me out of prison. Phase three, I want five people killed. 
first guy, Mr. Robinson, he's an attorney. We can't have him winning. Second dude is you um, to kill this Newell guy, this detective. Yeah, it's his fault I'm in here, and um, I'm not happy about that. Number three, Patty. I don't trust this bitch. I can't have her testifying against me. She's got to go. Also, if you do kill me, she has these confession tapes, confessions, and we got to take care of that, too, okay? Like, we have to have a solid plan. And Richard's a little confused because he goes on to explain, like, I need someone on the inside of the prison who can be arrested, preferably soon, and then placed in the same cell by Patty, who can say that she confessed about lying about everything and that nothing Patty said was ever true. Well, another prisoner happens to hear this and they go straight to the detectives and with this information. So Jay and the detective Fred were like, okay, um, they get a hold of Richard and Richard, you know, says this is true. And Dr. Or I'm sorry, Detective Jay's like, you didn't kill me? I was going, really? Yeah, it was like $6 million, bro. Like, I'm sorry, but, you know, this is a lot of money. All right. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put you in Huntington Beach prison, but we're going to tell David you got released. And you're going to go on the outside and you're going to carry out the plan and you're just going to comply and talk to David. And we're going to get him for um, conspiracy of murder, too. And on the phone with Richard, he talks to David and he tells him all the things, you know, and, you know, then he starts to tell him, you know, I think you're a little too much into this plan, man. Like you're just, you're you know, too heavy on it. And he's like, I don't have a big ego or anything. I'm not trying to sound egotistical, but I'm better than those guys. Okay. I feel like my life is worth more than any of those people on the list. So now we're going to introduce the undercover female cop. She comes into play. They put a wire on her, the center of the prison. To meet David and David calls Richard and says like yo I met soulmate and she's beautiful and I think it's worth all my dollars I could take care of her we're gonna probably be together soon I want to marry this woman I mean just look at her my god she's just she's got a mouth that's just giving blowjobs and this is an undercover cop that they're talking about it's like this is just sick and they're just like oh my god he's just like can we just bring this guy down? Because gross. Yeah. If you read the book, there's a lot more detail and it talks about like the night. There's a lot more nights um, at the hotel and conversations and back and forth conversations between Richard, Detective Newell, David, like a whole, you know, chapter of it. But obviously, I mean, this is long as it is anyway. It was just going to be way longer if I had that too. <laughs> um so david gets arrested and a lot of people get arrested david's brother gets arrested um for he was the one that was doing the money drop off and patty ends up pleading guilty so she gets 27 years to life by this time patty is about to be 21 so she's spent a 21st birthday in jail and she's in the same facility as cinnamon so it's about to get cozy here Oh, wow. <laughs> However, Cinnamon and Patty did make amends. Um, she's not looking forward to having, you know, family bonding moments with her. But she showed compassion towards Patty because 
she knew her dad and she knew she was being manipulated, gaslighted, brainwashed, all the things that David did to her, she knows he did to Patty as well. So here comes the trial and David has a $1 million fancy schmancy lawyer and Cinnamon and Patty, they have nothing to lose. So they don't take a plea. They don't get time off. They have nothing to lose. So they tell the truth, except, you know, they just want to testify against him. And that's all they have. So David walks in the courtroom and you can just hear the whispers, the talking, the clattering. Everybody's look on their faces. They're just in shock. They're like, this dude, this can't be the right guy. Like, he doesn't, he's not like no Prince Harry looking dude. Like he's like, <laughs> he's old and he's gross and he looks tired and he's just, this is the guy that had six wives and can manipulate any woman. So <laughs> meanwhile, David's lawyer is trying to bring these girls down more and more saying things to the press, saying things like to the juror, like these girls are horrible. They're terrible. They're evil. They have their own agenda. David is in. These two are plotting against him. And um, when they ask him about the murder for hire that he tried to execute, that he he just lost his mind for a little bit in prison. Like it shouldn't have happened, but you know, he he just went temporarily insane. The lawyer is going on to say about Patty that it was her fault for tempting David. She was a little temptress. She was forcing herself on David. An 11-year-old girl. 11-year-old yeah, girl. <laughs> sure. Sure she was. not be attempting anybody. No one should be attempted by an 11-year-old girl from a grown man. She's 11. He's 27. There's no way she could force a blowjob on him. No. Right. No, 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 no. So David is found guilty, and he's found guilty of first-degree murder. He's found guilty of conspiracy to commit murder and special circumstances of committing murder, which that means, I hope, which means that in hope of expecting certain amount of finances with a crime. And then apparently, and in California, that law is taken actually very serious. Um, and you can get the death penalty just for that, crimes committed for money. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of women that were on that juror, and they were pissed. They were angry. So, yeah, David, he was just like a fish in a frying pan, okay? Like, he's just slowly dying every time he talked. The judge was not lenient. He was very harsh. Um, which he should not have been lenient at all. He flat out said, look, you're a danger and you're a danger to society. I give you, I'd give you more of a punishment if I could. So I'm just giving you the max. And I fear for your safety and I would fear for my safety if you were free. He also compared him to Charles Manson. And David left the courtroom and he looked at the guards and he's like, well, did he have to be so mean? That was mean. Like, why did he have to compare me to Charles Manson? Like, <laughs> how rude. I just feel that was very unnecessary of him getting, bringing him up. Like, really, <laughs> dude? Like, you're just, you're a monster. That's why. Yeah. In the book, um, she sits down with David, asks him a lot of questions and, you know, just his mind process. And he's still very ego and narcissistic and just react and, he just, I don't know, he gets himself all worked up and he doesn't have any of the illnesses that he believes he has. And he just likes the attention. He's very special. He thinks he deserves things and that he should have them just because he wants them. And just goes on to, you know, she goes on to say that he's just, he's a monster and he 
deserves everything that he got. Uh, Cinnamon is not released. She's free. She claims that she hopes that the pain doesn't go away. She feels kind of the pain would be self-punishment for what she did. She regrets it terribly. She wishes it never happened. And she just thinks that if the pain stays with her, that'll be punishment. She spent a total of seven years in prison. She's now 22 years old when she was released. She's so, super excited that she's free. Um, she's close with her mom. She has a good relationship with her little sister, Crystal. Um, Detective Newell found her a fast foster family when she got out, and they helped her get on her feet and back into the world, make sure she was okay. He checked on her. They still have a good relationship, and he also introduced her to a detective, which later in life would end up being Cinnamon's future husband. Um, she just, she basically has just a private life. She keeps, you know, to herself and she just does her thing. She works for a major corporation and travels, you know, the world. Um, she has never committed any other crime. She is not a reoffender, and she's doing well for herself, which is funny because David tried everything in his power and anyone that would listen to say that Patty and Cinnamon were crazy and that they were evil. And as soon as they get out, they would murder again. Patty was released a year after Cinnamon. She's 25. She got out. She ended up getting custody back um, of Heather. She remarried. She changed her name. She continued to have two more babies. And she's having a peaceful, quiet life as well. David ends up dying in prison at 61. It was a legitimate health reason. Not sure exactly why. I'm guessing poor diet, bad exercise, and, you know, all the cigarettes that he smoked throughout his life. And then that brings us to Jay Newell. He never gave up. He always followed his gut feeling. He just knew something was off. And thank God he did because, well, as I say, the truth will set you free. And David, well, he's just a piece of shit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he would had so many different money insurance scams, which that could really be where his money was coming from. You know, with the small fender bender or car accidents, he was getting 100 G's here, 100 G's there. Um, it does say in the book after a while, the insurance company did start to say, like, you have a lot of claims, bro. Like, so they started denying him um, and he would just try to figure out ways to cheat the system. But you know what? One way or another, they can catch you. And they did. Oh, yes. Um, I would recommend this book. It is so good. Um, it's probably one of my favorite ones, like I said earlier, that she's ever done. Um, I tried to find the miniseries, but I couldn't. And that is the story of Cinnamon Brown's beginning of a sad life. Luckily, it's better now. It, it's just, I don't know. And it was in the book, too. I kind of skipped over it. But they tried, like, a bunch of different ways. They tried to take her camping, and they were going to shoot her camping. And then they were going to um, throw her out of the highway. I mean, it was just ridiculous of all these scenarios. And nobody would do it. So they, you know, basically put it on cinnamon. And um, the only other thing I did talk about was when it says they shot one shot in Patty's room. And she put a, a pillow over the gun when she went to shoot Linda. And it says that it was dark. She didn't turn any lights on. So she was kind of shooting blind. And mm-hmm. she was crying because she didn't want to do it. And she was scared. So she put a pillow over the gun to muffle it. And she shot the first one. And obviously Linda woke up like, what the hell is going on? Crystal started crying. So when she went back to Patty's room, the pillow was stuck on the gun. And that 
what kind of like made another shot noise and you know then she shot it again and that's when she shot Linda but it was just I don't know well it's crazy that these two little girls were brought into this world of screwed upness putting all of this on them having to deal with all this like guns and and molested sexual abuse like being you know your self-worth isn't very well you're stuck living in a trade just so many things like straight up like evil evil manipulation is what it was like the whole thing like and like all the lies that he would tell and the stories that he would tell clearly he had mental issues but it's just so messed up like the links that he went to to like drag these young especially because they were such young girls like into it like into all these like this web of like evilness yeah and i mean i i guess i don't understand why she didn't necessarily move back with her mom i think he guilt tripped her a lot to stay Mm -hmm. and you know she did argue with her mom a little bit but nothing terrible they still had a relationship it was just you know right her mom her mom wasn't plotting for her to murder anybody so she would have been a little less toxic than uh with david yeah step up you know yeah (laughs) yeah if you uh ever want to know more i definitely recommend you reading the book or listening to it on tape it's uh what a twisted story dude i know so crazy he was i mean (laughs) i don't even know how to put it like just a piece of work and the fact that he twisted patty into it you know Mm -hmm. and yeah because it's like you know going through it you could be like oh well you know she wasn't an angel but really she was a child who was manipulated and she was she had been sexually abused not only by him but by other family members you know she just was not well advised as a young girl and she just didn't know how to like just go about life you know yeah and I sent it to you I don't know if you've seen it but she did an interview um Mm -hmm. while she was still in prison with Oprah you yeah. know, and even while all this is going on, she's like, you know, they answer, do you still love your dad? And she's like, yes, he's my dad. I'm going to love him forever. You know, I don't agree with his actions. The way he acted was terrible, but um, I still love him. And it's like going through all that and to still be able to, to love dad, like, that's hard, you know. That's, that's so lot. wild, honestly. Yeah, it's, you know, and obviously he played on that, you know, daddy's girl. and Right. I don't know. You'll see the pictures later. I'm going to post them online and you see what this guy looks like. You're going to be like, I don't understand. Like, (laughs) I don't get like, where's the appeal? Yeah. He was like beer, belly, mustache, balding. Like he was not. Oh my gosh. It had to be money. The fact that he was taking on, you know, poor people when it comes to like, like Linda's sister. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and he liked to obviously play that hero character. So if they felt like they needed rescuing in their life and he could be that person. And also, I I would bet that, like, just from the way, you know, you described him telling stories and stuff like that, he probably came off as a very charming, well-adjusted person, even though he clearly was not, you know. So they probably were, like, yeah, drawn to that. 
that's narcissistic people and you know yeah. they can gaslight and they can all the things you know mm -hmm. he was for sure a master manipulator definitely yeah yep so cinnamon though what a that's wild kind of... tale that was <laughs> but i'm glad that you know she's out living her life and able to like move forward from it and not have to like I mean, she'll live with it for the rest of her life, but I'm sure she feels a little bit more free kind of telling the truth and like. Yeah, I mean, to... thank God she's got her mom. It sounds like she had Detective Newell and Andrew. So it sounds like she did have people advocating for her to get yeah. her out, to believe in her, to be like, you know, this is just a situation. Let's figure this out. You know, like, right. you gotta talk to me, honey. You gotta talk. We'll help you, you know. Because yeah. if you can't trust your dad, how do you trust another man? How do you trust other strangers, other adults, you know? But, well, I know it's a long story, guys. And if you're still sticking with it, thank you so much. And we talked about breaking it up into two, but I really couldn't find the perfect spot to say to be continued. So I just kept going. Hey, it works. It works. It was definitely a good story. So thank you for sharing because uh, that was wild. <laughs> wild but i'm gonna let crystal go because she needs to go take a nappy nap and <laughs> i have to go drop the son off at his girlfriend's house and then i gotta go to work and i got a day ahead of me still so yes yeah we'll be back next week with another riveting story yes check back next week guys all right on that note we got to go stay creepy Bye-bye. <laughs>